Okay, we'll say a brief prayer for the children now, okay? Lord, we just thank you for another beautiful, beautiful day, Lord. You've given us, Lord, to sing praises to you, Lord, to worship you, glorify your name, Lord. You're the Lord of lords and King of kings. Now, Lord, we pray a special blessing upon these children, Lord. Just watch over them. Lord, they're the future of our this country and our land. Lord, watch over them. Lord, we pray that they learn your truths and accept you as Savior. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. Pastor Nick. Daniel makes this profound statement in Daniel chapter 2, verses 20 through 22. He says this, Let the name of God be blessed forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. It is he who changes the times and the epochs. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. It is he who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. Who would have known seven years ago when Pastor Eric became our pastor that he would come down with Parkinson's disease? Eric didn't know, know that. We didn't know that, but God did. Just as God puts kings in places and as he sees fit, God also moves his servants around uh, like chess pieces to serve him in various places, various capacities, and in various con con conditions. Now, all of us are saddened that Eric has Parkinson's disease. From our human understanding, that is a tough break, and it has been Dis uh, disappointing to see how Eric's illness has deteriorated his ability to, to speak. But we know that God is not surprised by all of this. We believe that God has a place of service for Eric that is well suited for his talents, his personality, his spiritual gifts, and his health con condition. And we believe that God will reveal this to Eric. But today, we want to recognize and acknowledge Eric for the seven years that he served as our pastor. And we want to assure Eric and Melissa that our prayers go with them. With that being said, we have some gifts that we would like to present to Eric and Melissa, and we ask that they come forward for this time. Here? Yeah, okay. right, right, right there. First of all, oh, we have a plaque. I'll let sweet. you see it first. Beautiful. We do have a plaque with, with a, a, a picture. It says Eric McNeil, Senior Pastor, Mandeville Bible Church, 2014 to 2022, 1 Timothy 612. I like that. You. Thank you. We also have a, a gift that we would like to present to, to them. Okay. And, we, and these are the notes that you folks wrote 
to, to Eric and to Melissa that you can thank you uh, give, give that. <gasps> oh, hang on. I'll, I'll be closing. I'll close it. I think one envelope's just a little bit big. There we go. There thank we go. You. All right. That's cute. Okay. Thank you. Good. Oh, we love y'all. Yes. I'm not going to take just a second. I just want to say thank you to everybody. I love you very, love you guys so much. We're gonna miss you guys being here every Sunday. We're not going anywhere. You can come see me the next run, run, run the race next Sunday if you want to come out and watch the race next week. Volunteer at the aid station. You'll see me come by. Drink water twice, hopefully. <laughs> but hopefully, we just love you so much. Appreciate everything you've done for us. Hope Chris gets the same support and love that we got while we were here for seven years. Amen. Thank you, folks. You, you may be, be seated. I know when I retired from the pastorate, people were wondering why Susan and I left the church for a year. My explanation was simple. It was, it was to get out of the way so we can pay, pay respects to our new, new pastor. It was important for us to get out of the way for that year in order for people to begin to look at, at Eric as the pastor and stop looking at me as the pastor, and to look at uh, Melissa as the pastor's wife instead of looking at Susan as being the, the pastor's uh, wife. That year worked well for both of us uh, as well as for Eric and Melissa. I know that Eric and Melissa appreciate, appreciated us stepping aside uh, for them. And Eric has communicated to the elders that he and Melissa will follow suit and be stepping away from the church for a time. Uh, and I know that Chris and Mary Bird will appreciate this as well. Uh, to Eric and Melissa, we wish you both God's blessings. I'd like to call up Chris at this time. Um, Chris came to us from uh, Bible Center Church in Luling. Uh, I've been knowing the pastor there a long time. We went to Bible college together. We went to seminary together. Uh, we've been friends a long time. And Chris, how long have you been at, at Bible Center Church? Since 2004. So I've been knowing Chris since, 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 since 2004. The pastor there, uh, Gary McCall, uh, he sent a letter to me by email this week asking me to read this before, uh, today, this morning, uh, as, as that church puts their blessings on Chris. I would like to read his, his letter uh, to you this morning. He says, Dear members of Mandeville Bible Church, it is with great joy that we join with you this Sunday, October 2nd, 2022, in your installation of Chris Berg as our, as our congregational, um, in your inst installation of Chris Berg of our congregation as your pastor. He and his wife, dear family, have a, have been a great part of our church for nearly two, 
decades, and we consider them to be a permanent part of our church family. You have been led of the Lord to a choice servant of God who not only faithfully preached to you the inspired word of God, but who also takes seriously the ordination which he received from us to care for your souls. He is, of man, he is a man of great pastoral experience and training to whom God has gifted with great insight into people and ministries. Not only has he been the pastor of a church in Iowa, he has led a youth ministry, dealt with the aftermath of hurricanes and a year-long long recovery period, developed relationships with men whom he has discipled, served faithfully and true as a member of our board and the pastoral team here. He has been faithful to personally and publicly present the gospel. Through his ministry, people have been saved and saints of God strengthened. These are perilous days to be a Christian. We cannot stand firm in our faith and call people from darkness into light of salvation without a thoroughly biblical ministry. As your pastor teacher, Chris will equip you for the work of the 21st century ministry and take the lead as your congregation takes the next step in your de development. As I said before, it is with great joy that we at Bible Center rejoice with you on this Lord's Day, even though we worship in a different location. Chris, as you know, is a faithful member of the IFCA International, an organization which stands upon the foundation truths of the Bible. It, as an official representative of the Board of Directors, I also send to you, send to you the, con the congratulations of, of our organization of ministers and churches upon the installation of Chris Berg as your pastor. May the Lord continue to lead and guide you as you reach out from Man Mandeville internationally around the world, your brother in Christ, Gary W. McCall. Folks, I believe that God has sent us a well-trained, well-seasoned pastor. And it is for that that we are thankful and excited to have Chris as our new pastor and his beautiful family as part of our church family. I present to you our new pastor, Chris Berg, Pastor Chris Berg. I know that we had a late start. We had a lot, lot going on. I told Chris, we're not having Sunday school. Don't worry about it. Preach his normal message. So he has, he has that, that blessing from us. Good morning. The, uh, <clears throat> the first church that I pastored <clears throat> had the, uh, the sanctuary, and then there was a uh, partition uh, on this side that separated the sanctuary from the fellowship hall. Uh, and so um, the reason I mention that is that when we would have a church meal after the service, I never went over when I could smell everything that was just a few feet away. Uh, the problem with our setup here is that it's all the way over there, and I can't smell it. So I hope you can settle in. This is going to be a while. 
Uh, the other thing I wanted to do was say hello to my dad. I'm put, waving at the camera because he has been, I haven't, but he has been spying on you ever since uh, I started coming in August. And so I, I know that he will be watching as well. Uh, and so, hello, Dad. It's good to see you, uh, or to be seen by you anyway. Uh, doing something a, a little different this morning. Uh, in, in next week, we'll, we'll start a, a book series. Uh, but this morning, I wanted to, uh, to just do a little something. And you can see in the notes, it's basically entitled, How I Came to Mandeville Bible Church. Uh, and, uh, and the process that, uh, um, that the Lord took in, in bringing our family here. Uh, by the way, this is another aside. You will learn this uh, through the years. Um, you will gladly put up with me to have Mary be around. <laughs> All right, so uh, you'll find that out as you go. Uh, and then uh, everybody likes Mary and everybody likes the kids as well. Uh, so, you know, if you ever get frustrated with me, just remember, if we lose him, we lose Mary, and you won't want that to happen. So we're going to do something a little different, just how did the Lord bring us here, uh, and the process that took. And, and some of you know it uh, from uh, the time where uh, we had the opportunity to have questions and, and answers uh, after the service, but uh, I didn't get into all of it, but we're, that's what we're going to do this morning, and then we'll start a, a more typical um, book series after that. Uh, a former board member at a previous church told me an illustrative story. He said, if a man comes to me and says, God has called me to be a missionary in Africa, I will tell him, great, I hope it goes well, and be sincere in that. If that same man says, God has called me to be a missionary in Africa, and he wants you to contribute to my financial need, I will say, great. Have God give me a call. I'll gladly talk to him about that. Uh, now hold on to that story because we're going to need it here in just a little bit. All right, so hold on to that. But I wanted to tell you the process of how we came to be here at Mandeville Bible Church uh, from my perspective. I am also interested in hearing how you, came, how you came to be here at Mandeville Bible Church. I think that would be an encouraging uh, time to hear your story, but I get to go first. I mentioned some of this history uh, during the question and answer time we had a few weeks back, uh, but, uh, but I'm going to go into greater detail this morning. A few years ago, I was serving as the associate pastor at Bible Center Church in Luling, and I began at that time feeling that the Lord was moving me from that full-time position to something else. I didn't know what the else was, but I, I, was, but I was confident the Lord was moving me on. This was the start of me feeling unsettled. And that's a word we're going to hear a lot this morning. I was feeling unsettled. I truly only want to be where the Lord wants me to be, but I had no idea where God wanted me to be. I began thinking about what options I had and what criteria I would use to figure out where God wanted me to be. And there were two criteria. One, I wanted to stay in the area. At the time, when I believe the Lord was, was starting to move me from that ministry, I had two in high school and two in middle school. Uh, we liked our community, and we were very tied to it. Our kids were involved in various activities, lots of sports, and we knew lots of people, and we were known by lots of people. We had developed deep roots in St. Charles Parish since 2004. 
My family is from the upper Midwest, and Mary's family is in the Kansas City area. So our church truly was our family. Grandparents' day at school was quite often somebody from our church. Thanksgiving is and was always spent with people from our church family, since we didn't have a family of our own to be be able to spend holidays with. So most holidays were spent with friends from our church family. Because I didn't have any idea where the Lord wanted me to go, I figure I would grow where I was planted. And that was the attitude I took. That was the first criteria. The second criteria, I wanted a job that would allow me to continue in ministry. I enjoy speaking at camps and conferences, and I wanted a job that would uh, give me the time to be able to continue doing those things. That would be a, a, that was very important for me. I was also interested, and I'm still interested, in doing ministry uh, digitally on YouTube and other digital platforms. There was also a possibility of continuing at Bible Center in a bivocational capacity. And those were all things that I was thinking about, uh, finding a job that would allow those things to, to occur. With those criteria and with experience in reading and writing, I settled on becoming an English teacher. The plan was to catch on with a local school and have the summers off for ministry. I took courses with iTeach and started pursuing a new career that would give me what I really wanted, which was stability and a direction in life. So I caught on with a school as a long-term sub with a not-quite-guarantee that I would be kept on permanently. But that didn't happen, along with other promises that were made, but not kept. I was now more unsettled than I'd ever been in my life, and I was unemployed. I started pursuing other teaching opportunities, and I caught on with a school that I knew was going to be miserable. The goal was to get through the school year so I could complete my teaching certification and then find a real school to teach at. I knew it was going to be rough, but I had no idea how horrible it was going to be. They didn't have curriculum at the school. I was a first-year teacher with no curriculum trying to teach seventh-grade ELA. For the first two weeks, I looked up state standards and tried to find online material that matched. When the curriculum finally arrived, it called for students to, to read a book that the school hadn't bothered to order. I taught 157th graders with only one book. Every day after that was worse than the day before, and I didn't know how much longer I could continue in that capacity. I was feeling more unsettled than ever. I prayed that God would bring me some measure of settlement. It was embarrassing to be in my 40s and not know what I should be doing. My peers are talking about being set up for retirement, and I was struggling to start a career. I am confident that God heard my cry for help. He heard my desire to find some footing, to feel settled in some capacity. He heard it and said no. Anybody else ever have that? Instead, how do I know God said no? Because instead he sent a hurricane and he destroyed my house. Remember how I said that we were tied to the community and how much we liked it? how deep our roots were, God began uprooting us. 
the criteria I had for remaining in the area was erased. We weren't in love with the community anymore. I recognized an important truth. God can move me anywhere he wants. God also began teaching me another important lesson. I wanted to be settled. He wanted something much greater than that. He wanted to teach me to trust him more. What is better than being settled? Trusting God. I needed to learn to trust God. Now, I didn't think that was a lesson that I needed to grow in, but I did. I thought I was already trusting God, but God demonstrated a greater need. A lot of us are like nervous flyer. A nervous flyer gets on the plane, but never fully settles in. In their mind, they haven't put all of their weight down yet, which is ridiculous if you understand physics at all. Uh, but uh, I don't know about you. Does anybody else, when you go in a parking garage, duck when you drive, right? It does absolutely no good, but I do. I can't help it. If I, 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 it it's just bad luck to not duck, in my opinion. Well, we, we have that sometimes where we, we feel like we're kind of trusting God. We don't recognize that we are fully in his hand. Uh, but uh, but I, I learned a greater need to trust God more. God was teaching me to relax and to put my full weight into his hands. The process of learning to trust God was not an easy or comfortable lesson, nor was it a lesson that was learned quickly. I was miserable following my own plans. During my Ida evacuation, I spoke to a mentor of mine who pointed out a simple truth. God loves me. His desire for me is to be holy, not miserable. Certainly, God uses trials, but this was beyond a trial. I was miserable because I wasn't trusting God. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. God communicated to the exiles of his plan to bring them back and restore them to the land of their inheritance. I am not claiming this specific promise made to Israel for myself, but I am claiming the character and the heart of God. He is a God that desires his very best for his people. That doesn't mean that God gives us everything we want, but what he wants for us is best. I didn't understand what was happening, but I decided to trust God. I quit that job anticipating what God would have for me because I still didn't know, but I believed that God did know and it would be the best thing for me. Opportunities would come and I would pursue them asking God the whole time, is this what you want from me? And the answer was never yes. I would step out into the unknown, waiting on God, tired of the uncertainty that defined my life, but waiting. In Isaiah 40, it says, Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When I became tired of the uncertainty with a job, with a ministry, with a house, with insurance, with a mortgage company, with a contractor, 
I would have to wait on the Lord. There was no choice. In that waiting, I discovered an important truth. God is faithful. After pursuing everything that came around, I finally realized what God wanted me to do. In Psalm 46.10, the psalmist wrote, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted, exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. It was time for me, after pursuing everything in every direction, it was time for me to be still and to grow in the knowledge of God. I started working as a substitute teacher in the hopes of being hired by the school district, but that reason for subbing changed. I was subbing while I waited. I wasn't pursuing anything anymore. I was simply subbing while I waited. I was being still, and God was being exalted. As a substitute teacher, I was making $9.50 an hour. Mary worked, not making much more than that. Could we financially make it with so little money coming in? God is faithful. We never missed a meal. We paid our bills. We were even able to pay off our credit card debt. Well, during that time, God was taking care of us. After living in uncertainty for a couple of years, Mary and I finally had a had a tested faith <clears throat> where we began trusting God as a lifestyle. What once had stressed us out, we now found contentment. In perhaps the most misused verse in the Bible, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That verse is not a verse of capability, that's a verse of contentment. We believe God had something in store for us, we didn't know what it was, but it didn't matter. God would take care of us in the meantime. <clears throat> While subbing, I got a call from Nick Greco during an off period. <coughs> he asked if I would be interested in filling the pulpit at Mandeville Bible Church. Uh, he said the elders were rotating in and preaching and could use a break. And I was more than happy to come preach and help. Our family had been here before, and we liked you. I came with my two sons in early July and preached. It was fun to preach again and to reacquaint myself with Mandeville Bible Church. That afternoon, I got an unexpected phone call from Pastor Nick on behalf of the elders. Nick asked if I would be interested in being considered for the senior pastor position here at Mandeville. Uh, the question caught me off guard. I was not against returning to church ministry, but I wasn't thinking in that direction. I mentioned that once the school year started, in talking with, with Nick, we would have to finish the year at Destrahan. If I was going to be a pastor, the only church I'd be interested in pastoring would be the church I'd resigned from the year before if we were to stay in the area. Uh, that is why I wasn't thinking about church ministry, because where I was living, the only church I'd be interested in pastoring was the church I had just resigned from. Uh, and so that's, that's why I wasn't thinking in terms of church ministry. Uh, I had pursued so many career options, seeking to know if each one was what God wanted me to do. And every time the answer was, not this. And I had finally settled in, waiting for God to direct me. I was trusting God, 
but I didn't trust myself. I had always been a confident person, and that was gone. My confidence now was in God alone. I mentioned the one issue off the top of my head about being unable to move during the school year, uh, and Pastor Nick said, if I knew I couldn't come, no hard feelings. Uh, I said, don't count me out yet. Let me think and pray about it. And I started doing just that. And this very important verse that we read as a congregation uh, came to mind. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Where I had quickly pursued other opportunities to see if those opportunities were what God wanted me to do, I approached this opportunity differently. I was reluctant to quickly pursue. I wanted to be more cautious and deliberate in my thinking. Because I didn't trust myself, I prayed and told God, please make it clear to me if this is where you want me to be. In other instances, obstacles were placed in the way. I asked God to remove obstacles and to give me the wisdom to see it. Here was the first obstacle, moving during the school year. I couldn't see a way around this issue. I went to bed with uncertainty, and I woke up with clarity. With being unsettled for so long, I hadn't had clarity in quite a while, and I was feeling pretty good. I determined that if I were to become the pastor at Mandeville, the church would have to make some accommodations for my work week. Some of my time would have to be spent at home, not in the church office. I gave myself until the end of the week to write my thoughts down and send an email to the elders. I wanted to make sure I was going to word it carefully and correctly. If that was not what the elders wanted, I would completely understand no hard feelings at all. I assumed that is what would happen, is that they would say, this is not really the situation we're looking for, and I would say, I understand, uh, God bless and mean it. Before I could start drafting my email, I got a call from the elders stating that they would be willing to have me split time between the church office and working from home. They provided the same solution I thought of before I was able to fully explain to them the issue. God was straightening my paths and he had my attention. Obstacle number two, the process was moving too fast. I was determined to not move quickly like I had done with previous potential employment. This was different, and I wanted to be sure I was following God's path for me. I didn't want to be second-guessing myself. I had sent in my resume, and I had gone over the doctrinal statement to confirm my agreement, but I was not ready to officially put myself out there as the candidate for consideration. I think the elders would tell you that they knew well before, that I, before I did uh, that I would be the next pastor. Uh, but I didn't know. I was not ready, and if pressed to move forward, I would have declined. I prayed and said, God, this is going too fast. I don't know if this is your will. I need more time. I never communicated this to anybody but to God and my wife. The next day, the elders called and said, we would like to slow it down. The plan became for me to come preach for the month of August, not as a candidate, but just as pulpit supply. That way they could get to know me better and I could get to know the church better. Once again, God used the elder board to offer a solution to a problem that, they, that had not been expressed to them. God firmly 
had my attention. Obstacle number three. Uh, in coming for the month, the elders requested that I approach the month as though I were starting a book series. They said, you have four weeks, just start it like you would a book series and give us four weeks worth of, of what you would do in that, in that situation. Uh, they wanted to see if I could preach expositional sermons, and I was glad to do that. They requested that I preach the book of Ephesians. They wanted me to approach it just like I would if I were preaching it as a pastor. Um, their desire was that I spend the same amount of time in study as if I were the pastor. I agreed to their wishes, but I informed Pastor Nick that I had time constraints with the amount of study because I was working at that time in the summer. I was working full-time as a line cook at Rotolo's Pizzeria. So, uh, I was doing that just until substitute teaching started again, and then I was still waiting, basically just still waiting. Uh, so I, I told him of that, and, um, and he encouraged me to do the best I could with the time I had available. Here is the deal with Ephesians. It is a doozy. All right? It is a doozy. Uh, unraveling the first chapter would take me weeks to get it right. All right? It's basically one long sentence. Uh, and uh, and it is it is quite difficult right at the beginning. If I were going to preach through Ephesians as a full-time pastor, I would start working through the letter at least six months before preaching the first sermon. Uh, once again, I told God and my wife that I was unsure of how to do this with time with the time constraints I was under. So I had mentioned to Nick that I was working full-time, but I didn't mention my concerns with preaching through Ephesians specifically on short notice. The next day I received a call from the elders saying they recognized my time constraints and that I should feel free to choose any epistle that I felt comfortable preaching from. God certainly had my attention. The month of coming here to preach was just what I needed to be confident in knowing God's will. At the beginning of the, of the month, uh, if you had asked me, I would have said, no, I don't believe this is really where God wants me to be. Uh, I, I was hesitant to agree to anything uh, after pursuing everything and having it all fail, said, I trusted God, I just didn't trust me anymore. That was at the beginning of the month. Two weeks, about after the first week, both my wife and I talked about it, and I said, she said, what do you think? I said, it depends on the day. Today's a yes, tomorrow might be a no. And that's kind of how it went for us uh, for a little bit. So uh, I started... Uh, the process unsure of myself and finished, confident in where God wanted me to be. So after a couple weeks of preaching here, I couldn't really get a reading from Mary and what she thought. She was non-committal when I would ask. Finally, I said, I believe that God was sending us to Mandeville Bible Church. And when I said that to her, we were driving along. When I said that to her, I heard an audible sigh of relief. And then when we got home, she started looking at houses. So uh, she was giving me space to come to that conclusion based on God's leading. I met with the elders for four hours on a Saturday. Uh, meeting with them didn't feel like an interview at all. There was never any nerves or anxious moments. Mary and I met with the entire search committee the following day. We both came away from the meeting fully convinced Mandeville Bible Church was where God wanted us to serve. The last piece to fall into place 
was the membership vote a few weeks ago. In the interview, I was honest and transparent. I was not nervous. I didn't think of it as a grilling or even an interview. I wasn't trying to be impressive or persuasive for two reasons. Reason number one, I only want to be where God wants me to be. I like this church. I like you. I like the board. I like the North Shore. But if God had other plans for me, I wanted nothing to do with it. Therefore, I wasn't nervous during the process. It wasn't about getting something that I wanted. It was about being where God wanted me to be. And I believe God wants me here. But if the membership didn't agree, then I would continue to trust God and wait on him and seek his will, because my calling is to him. The second reason I wasn't trying to be impressive or persuasive is the same reason my wife was noncommittal when I would ask her uh, her opinion. I wanted to give you the space to seek what you believe the Lord would have you do. Back to the original story about the guy believing the Lord was calling him to be a missionary in Africa. I didn't want you to vote for my becoming pastor because I told you God had called me to this position. I wanted you to seek the Lord for yourself. I didn't want you, I didn't want you to take my word for it. I wanted you to vote the way you believed God wanted you to vote. I believe that my time of uncertainty, of being unsettled, was God preparing me for this ministry for this time. As a church, we are going into an uncertain, unsettled time. We bought land for a new address. There will be changes, and change is always uncertain. There will be new ministries, new personalities, new opportunities, but the same God in which we place our trust. We will acknowledge His, uh, and He will. We will acknowledge Him, and He will direct our paths. I have grown used to being unsettled. Even with uh, accepting this position here and believing this is what the Lord would have me do, and I'm excited about it, uh, as a family, we're still certainly very unsettled. Uh, we've, um, the, the, our housing situation is such that we've never fully moved in. Uh, the, the homeowner has all of his stuff in the house, and uh, uh, we've never fully felt like we've had anywhere to live for a year that was ours. We're, we're still unsettled. That bothered me a year ago. It doesn't bother me now. I'm used to being unsettled because I've learned better how to trust the Lord. And I still need to learn even better to trust the Lord more. Transitioning between pastors, transitioning between property, that's unsettling. But through it, I believe we will get, gain something better, a greater ability to trust the Lord. So I've grown used to being unsettled. I haven't always liked it, but though I have learned, but through it, I have learned to trust God more. And as a church, we will learn to trust God more as well. There is something better than knowing the future, and that is trusting God who holds our future. Heavenly Father, excited about what your plans are and that you will use us. Father, thank you in your infinite wisdom of deciding to use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Father, we 
look forward to seeing how many people you're going to bring to a saving knowledge of yourself through faithful ministry. Father, we look forward to the knowledge gained from studying your word, our foundation, uh, that it will change us uh, and, uh, and make us more like your son. Father, as we continue to pursue great commission objectives of reaching out and, and sharing the good news and, and, and all of the teaching and learning that needs to happen, we want to continue to entrust ourselves to you. Father, help us certainly to use the wisdom and the intellect and the experience that is a gift from you. But Father, let us never trust ourselves more than trusting you. Thank you for unsettled times, Father, so that we can grow and recognize you are faithful. It's in Jesus' name, who loved us enough to die for our sins, that we pray this. Amen.